Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Crawley. This message is by Sandra Bennett. So if you just close your eyes and just just receive this as I pray this scripture over you and over myself. I pray that he, Jesus, would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend or understand with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, that's a mouthful, Lord, above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church, in us, by Christ Jesus, to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Okay, so I know last week Pastor Rohan um, was preaching on... um, I've forgotten the word now, not righteousness, it is righteousness, but our identity in Christ and the aspect of righteousness. So we're actually going to start by focusing on a few scriptures that God has been speaking to me about connected to righteousness. So um, if we could have the first scripture, Sean, which is from Isaiah 61. And it's verse 3. I know we had a bit of Isaiah 61 in the prayer meeting this morning. Um, so I'm just, just because it needs to make sense, I'm going to read Isaiah 61, but we're just going to focus on the last, the last little bit of it, um, of verse 3. Uh, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, or in our case, the church, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. I'm just going to read verse 3 again. To console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Beauty for ashes, joy for mourning, praise for the spirit of heaviness. And who knows that there are some days where we feel like we're in ashes. We may be going through mourning or grieving, and we may be carrying that spirit of heaviness around. But already, first scripture in this is what the Lord has given this isn't me this is what the Lord has given us he wants to exchange all that rubbish for us to walk in all this abundance because believe it or not it will be hopefully will become apparent as we go through the scriptures this is our identity in Christ not to be living in sorrow not to be carrying around heaviness but actually to be walking in his joy and his freedom 
So he's got a lot for us. If you want it, it's your choice. Okay, Psalm, oh no, let me just quickly just focus on that. It's so that we may be called trees of righteousness. So there's a lot of scripture and some of these we're going to go through that refer to trees. And the word is actually talking about us. We're the trees. And at at the very least, which is wonderful, we've been grafted into him, which is the main source. Um, and our branches of him. So we are often referred to as trees of righteousness um, because he is righteous. Therefore, we are righteous. That's who we are in Christ. So the next scripture is Psalm 1. This is one of my favorite passages. And we're just reading verses 1 to 3. Okay. Blessed is the man, this is you. Blessed are you who chooses not to walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. Now just think about that for the minute. What, what does that mean? Well, I suggest that it means you're not going to the wrong people for advice. You're not listening to gossip. You're not listening to negativity. You're not pr- predominantly hanging around people who, got, who are going to spoil your character. Now, I'm not saying withdraw from the world. I'm not saying we don't have friends that aren't saved. What I'm saying is your default is not to be one of them. Now, that's a bit hard, isn't it? Because we are called to, to be among them, but we are not of them because we are not of the world um praise the lord yeah so verse two but his delight is in the law of the lord and in his law he meditates day and night you love the lord you love his words and you're hungry for his words now to be honest i mean i can look around the room and I can be honest myself, there are days where I do not feel like I love the Lord. There are days where uh, I don't meditate on his word day and night. There are days where I make a wrong choice. But ultimately, I am born again. I am saved by the blood. Therefore, my default is I love the word of God. Therefore, I meditate on his word day and night. That needs to become my default because my identity in Christ is one who loves his word and loves him. And just to remind you, who is the word? It is Jesus. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. That again, that is us. If we do these things, if we make wise choices, if we choose not to listen to the lies of the enemy or the lies of the world, the wrong influences around us, if we make those right choices and we diligently choose There's a lot of choosing this morning, no apologies, because we have free will. This isn't landed to us on a a plate. It's not given, you know, landed on our lap, whatever the saying is. Um, We have to make a daily choice. Sometimes that choice is moment by moment. Sometimes it is that tough that it's moment by moment. 
Um, and you have to make that choice. So you are the one planted by the river of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. And for us, what is it talking about? We, want, we don't want fruit that perishes. We want lasting fruit of eternal significance. That it's going to, when we stand before the Lord at the end, it is not going to be burnt to nothing. It's going to be there for eternity. And it's going to produce life while we're here on earth. So it brings forth its eternal fruit in its season. And this is really key. Whose leaf also shall not wither. So when trials come, when challenges come, when life is tough, your leaf shall not wither. Why will it not wither? Because you are planted by that river. You are planted by that source. You are in the words of God. You are in Christ Jesus. Therefore, you will not wither. If you're having a little bit, I'll use this phrase a lot. If you're having a wobble today, this is the truth, not your feelings, not what you're going through. The truth is the word of God, not what you think in your mind. The word of God trumps everything you think. Whose leaf shall not wither, and it gets better because God is a God of abundance. It can only get better. Whatever he does shall prosper. Therefore, even this morning, you can claim, even if life is fantastic, there's even more. We haven't tasted everything that God has for us. Whatever he does shall prosper. So you've done all these things. Therefore, whatever you do shall prosper. You will prosper in your finances. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to be a millionaire. But you will be wise with your finances and it will produce good things for the kingdom. You will prosper in your relationships. You will prosper in your marriage. You will prosper as parents. You will prosper in your witness. When you go out there and start to witness for the kingdom of God, you will prosper and it will produce fruit. You have to believe him. You have to believe his word. As I said, it trumps past experience. It trumps how you feel. This is the truth. Not your current circumstances, not currently how you're feeling. You will prosper. I'm deliberately saying as much out out that comes into my mind because I'm declaring it over us. Because actually... I'm fed up with not prospering because I know here this is what the word of God says. Therefore, do you know what? I draw a line today. From this day forth, I'm claiming this promise. This is mine. You can do the same. Whatever he does shall prosper. So you will prosper in your workplace. If you're in school or college, university, you will prosper in your studies. In everything you put your hand to do will be success for the kingdom if you walk in his ways, if you walk in righteousness. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. So uh, we jump forward to Psalm 92. It's just a really quick verse, this one. Psalm 92, verse 12. I just love it, so I want to share it with you. And it's just uh, the first part of it. Hang on. It's Psalm 91. It's not Psalm 91. I apologize. It's on your sheet. If you want to correct it, it's actually Psalm 92. That is my fault. Do apologize. I was typing them out in a rush this morning. Typing error. It's Psalm 92 verse 12a. And it just says, the righteous shall flourish 
like a palm tree. Do you know what? Thank you, Lord. I'm receiving that. I am righteous because he's my righteousness. I am going to flourish. Today, you can believe that for you. Today, you are going to flourish because we know that there's that scripture that they, it talks about how righteousness is as filthy rags. But that's okay because we've ditched them at the cross and we now have the righteousness of Jesus. His righteousness causes us to flourish. We need to walk in it. Um, Jeremiah is the next one. Jeremiah chapter 17. And we'll read from verse 7. I don't know if I've put 7 up there, but we'll read from verse 7. So Jeremiah 17 verse 7 says, Blessed, hang on a minute, blessed. You are blessed. I am blessed. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree, here we go again, planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruits. So when we see things on the media, or some of you may have experienced um, drought, in severe drought, there's no fruit. Things become barren and there's no sustenance. But that's not our lot. That's not our promise from the Lord. No matter what our circumstances, we will flourish from that other scripture. We will yield fruit, even in the drought. Because our source is not the world. Our source comes from the kingdom of God. So we will continue to yield fruit no matter what is going on around us, no matter what we're walking through, even with Brexit, it has no bearing on us personally because we don't belong to this world. Thank you, Lord. And it, I'm going back a bit. And it will not fear when heat comes. So when the heat comes... There is no fear in you because true love casts out all fear. And when you remain in his love, there's no room for fear. Now, I'll be honest with you. I'm, it might sound like I'm preaching like I live this all the time. No, I don't. I, I absolutely do not. I'm probably very dramatic about trials and tribulations and quite vocal about it. Um, but actually, I believe God is going to do a new thing in me and, and I need refining and I need to grow in this. Um, but even if you do have that wobble, you don't stay there. You get back up and you pick up the words of God and you remind yourself of what is true. When that heat comes, I will not fear. No matter how difficult it is, no matter how emotionally you might be tied to that circumstances, I will not fear, but its leaf will be green. And I'm sorry, I'm reading it again. And we will not be anxious in the year of drought. We will not be anxious no matter what is going on because we know that in surrender to him, we will continue to yield fruit and we won't become barren. Thank you, Lord.
So then the next one actually is just quickly on this. I'm not going to turn to this one. It was actually mentioned uh, in the prayer meeting this morning, and it's from Leviticus. It says, if you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and perform them, so it's not good enough just to have head knowledge of the words of God, but actually the words of God needs to become a part of you. Again, it's part of your identity. Who you are is in his book. It needs to be part of you, and then you have to apply it, and then you have to work it out in practice and walk it through. So if you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and perform them, then I will give you rain in its season, the land shall yield its produce, and the trees of the field shall yield its fruits. We will yield our fruit if we continue to meditate on his words, trust in him, and work it out in practice, walk it through in life. We will produce a harvest in our lives. Um, The next scripture is John 15. So it's with just a few verses here, verse four to five, because this is really significant. And I know if you've been to Bible college, you've studied this chapter very well with Pastor Colin. So verse four to five says, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. We can't do it on our own. We can't do it without him. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Sorry, I'll read that again so it makes more sense. Abide in me and I in you. Uh, I think some versions say remain, don't they? Remain in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it remains in the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. Where am I? Uh, And verse 4. I am the vine, that is Jesus, you are the branches, he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. So this is really key to to our walking through life in that prosperity, is actually without him we can do nothing. We cannot be righteous unless we are in Christ. We cannot be holy unless we are in Christ. We cannot truly prosper unless we are in Christ. And we certainly cannot produce eternal fruit unless we are in Christ Jesus. Verse 8. I'll just move on a little bit. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. He is glorified when we choose to abide in him and see the result of his work in our life. It brings praise to his name, glorifies him, lifts him up. And who knows, when you lift up the name of Jesus, it says, you know, all men shall be saved. But when you lift up his name over your circumstances, you will pass through them, you will overcome them, and you will be saved from those circumstances. Um, And just to be clear, saved doesn't always mean taken out. Saved sometimes means he walks with you through them and gives you wisdom in how to deal with it. 
because there's something he wants to produce in you and there's a miracle that's going to come out of the end of that walking through trials and tribulations that you can only receive if you go through it if if he takes you out you may not learn what you need to know you may not see the result that needs to be accomplished unless you go through it so miracles come about when we are challenged and verse 16 you did not choose me I chose you. I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give to you. So we do have a choice in one sense, but if you are fully his, you need to recognize that that, that's a very unwise choice to make if you choose not to abide in him if you choose not to obey him if you choose not to follow him in the details of your life because it's easy to say yes to Jesus but actually that's a yes as I said earlier at times that's moment by moment day by day not just yes and that's I've said yes once that'll do and then the next day I don't feel like it today it, it means making deliberate choices that called you to surrender to God in your daily living and he has called us to this this is almost like part of our mandate from heaven. Actually, we are choose to bear fruit. We, are not, we, are, we have not been chosen to be barren or walk in defeat. We have been chosen to be prosperous. Next one is Romans 12 and verse 2. So, so now what we're kind of running through is some of the aspects of how we can do that we've we've done touched on that it's about obeying it's about remaining in him um, but there's some of other aspects because there's we have a part to play and it's not God kind of he kind of says you can have all this but you do need to do this to to enjoy it there, there are requirements not, I, wouldn't, I don't want to say rules because that's not quite true, but there are requirements and it's like, it is like being on the narrow path or the wide path. If you're on the narrow path um, and that brings you the fullness of life that we all want, abundance in him, and you choose to step off of it, but abundance is only found in following him on the narrow path, then you're not going to enjoy all that amazing provision because you've chosen to step away. So you have to make that choice to actually know I need to continue in this path that God has called me to and be faithful in it and faithful to him. Um, so Romans 12. Oh no. I wonder if I've written the wrong thing down. No, that is correct. I've written the wrong verse down on my page. What verse is that, Sean? Is it two? No, oh, I'm in the wrong book, sorry. <laughs> yes. Okay. And do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So that comes back to that, is it Psalm 1, of loving his word and meditating on it day and night. And the, the truth is, we can learn the word of God, 
we can learn it by rote up here, but it's often when we go through trials that we start to live it and it drops into our heart if we surrender to God. So it's actually through the difficulties that we face that we begin to renew our minds. But how does that happen? Because sometimes we have a big strop and we make wrong choices in difficult circumstances. How that happens is you deliberately stick to the words of God when you're going through trials. You deliberately cling to him. You deliberately like set your mind upon his truth and do not allow yourself to come under the lie of the world or the enemy. And it's through applying the truth of God's word in trials that it then transforms your minds. The other thing is, um, again, it goes back to who are you listening to? Because if it's really easy, it's, I mean, because if you work full time, you spend a lot of time with the people in your workplace. They are not all saved. They are not all mature in the Lord. So they might well be speaking from a wrong heart, giving you misguided advice that from the world's perspective may look spot on, but from the words of God's perspective or from the Lord's wisdom for your life may be a bit off track. So you need to be really careful about who you're listening to. If you, if you feed your mind on the things of the world, you are not going to transform your mind into kingdom thinking. And when difficulties come, your default would be to respond how the world responds instead of responding how the Lord would respond. Um, so Ephesians 4, 17 to 24. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their minds, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness, but you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have learned him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Um, that is a bit of a mouthful. And I can see that you could be reading that and going around in circles in your thinking, what does that really mean? And again, I would suggest that that again is, is talking about worldly thinking from godly thinking. So actually the world... Um, there's a lot of things. Let's be honest. I'm not going to bring anything controversial up this morning. But without mentioning it, there's a lot of things going on in our world right now that clearly does not line up with the word of God. These people are really passionate and genuinely believe that what they're speaking about, that what they're championing is correct. It's the right thing to do. It's good. But actually, we know that the word of God is completely on the other side regarding a lot of these subjects and actually what God calls good is not the same as what the world calls good so actually they throw out one or two examples in this in this passage I think more um it talks about the futility of their minds. No, no, then it goes on who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanliness um with greediness so 
in another passage, I don't know if we're going to read that later actually, but I'll mention it, it talks about like revelries and drunkenness. So it's actually perfectly acceptable in the world to like drown your sorrows, that it's okay if you've, you've had a, like, a breakup in a relationship, that's okay because I can just drink as much wine as I want. That, that's a worldly response for an example. And actually the kingdom response is, instead of drawing back and hiding in that pit, I'm going to push it in and draw closer to the Lord who will be my comforter because the Holy Spirit is the comforter. So that is just a little example. Um, Galatians 16 so bearing in mind that scripture often comes across as encouraging and um, advice but actually the Lord is a lot stronger and when there's advice from God is actually it's a command um, and we shouldn't be scared of saying God commands because he does command in scripture there is that authority that comes behind it that if you treat it just like it's advice I can take it or leave it then the chances are the enemy would try and deceive you into thinking there's a there you know it doesn't matter if you don't choose it if that makes sense so actually if you see it more of he's strongly exhorting you is that the right phrase to 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 apply the word of God it's he's strongly encouraging you it's not just a loose you know I encourage you it's like you really need to do this you really need to listen to this so verse 16 says I say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh so what that means is we've touched on it earlier is actually about what you feed in your spirit what are you feeding yourself on because if you feed and encourage that which is wrong, that could be habitual sin, it could be wrong thinking, it could be I always react a certain way in a certain situation, that's part of me, that's okay. That's actually almost like the lust of the flesh because that default setting is, well, oh, this is what I do, this is okay, or this is what I crave for, this is okay. Um, if you feed that and give into it, it grows and becomes a stronghold. If you starve it and say, actually, instead of uh, always responding with declaring, I don't know, or I'm stupid and I will, I will never be able to get to grips with learning, for example, walking in the spirit would be, actually, I have the mind of Christ and I'm walking in him. So I'm rejecting that and actually I'm going to feed my, my spirit man. I'm going to feed who I am in Christ. I'm going to feed my heart and who I am with the truth, with the word of God. That's what I'm going to meditate on. That's what I'm going to choose to apply, even if my mind says, I don't really know about this, but the word of God says, this is the way you walk in it. So actually you choose to say no to your own thinking and yes to the word of God, because who knows that his thoughts are higher than your thoughts. His ways are higher than your ways. And even if you think that that it is really sensible, your choice, what is God saying? 
What is he doing? So actually, we follow his word. We don't just automatically follow our thinking because it seems good or feels good. And we starve the lust of the flesh and we feed the spirit and make those choices so that we walk in his truth and in his spirit. And it goes on, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. So if you're desperately trying to, to be right with God, but keep giving in to these things or, or, or can't even see that there's an issue with these things, then what's going to happen inside is you're going to be constantly grating against the, the spirit and against the world is going to come and grate against it's going to be very uncomfortable and you're always going to be there's that bit in James about being double-minded that's going to be and it and it says if I'm right that the double-minded person is tossed about like in waves on a sea so you're like whatever circumstances come you're just thrown over here and thrown over there because there's this war within you and you're not solid in that foundation because of what you've fed yourself on and chosen to walk in so, but if, verse 18, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, it goes on, envy, murder, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice, now hang on a minute, that's not those who slip up, that's not those who have a bad day, it's those that practice. So you're talking about deliberately, willfully choosing to be in line with the things of the world and resisting the word of God. You're deliberately going against the truth of God's word and allowing yourself to be deceived that it's okay when it's not whatever that is. It might be something really silly. It might be that when you lose your temper, a swear word comes out. But actually, our mouths are called to be a blessing, not a cursing. But we might like, it's okay for me to have that strop and behave that way because, you know, I'm only human. And I say that about things, I'm I'm human. Um, But actually, that will go against the spirit and will feed the flesh when you condone that unrighteousness in your life the way that you're choosing to walk is not quite lined up you're condoning it and lining yourself up with the lie of the enemy that says this living is okay when actually all the joy and the abundance and the fullness of life is in the righteousness living which is over the other side and if you'd only come out of that wrong thinking and step into the thinking of the kingdom your life would be transformed And this is, this is the key. Uh, so verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit, as we've been talking a lot about trees of righteousness and producing eternal fruit, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering or, or patience or perseverance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So... There's a lot you could talk about when you're referring to the identity, your identity in Christ. But the heart of this, the one passage that God gave me, or the one verse God gave me was this. Because actually, that fruit is his character. And if you belong to Jesus, that fruit becomes part of your DNA and who you are. And I'll read them again. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, 
long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such thing there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions. That includes, you know, that lust that it talked about previously. What you don't want to feed is the flesh. It's been crucified. And all the desires and the wrong thinking that goes with it has already been taken to the cross. So if we choose to live in the spirit... And we, sorry, we, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Thank you, Lord. The next one is 2 Peter. Because really in this journey, it's not about one day of saying yes to God. It's not one moment of saying, it's that continuous thing that I was talking about, that, that it's sometimes it's moment by moment, day by day, I have to make the right choice. And all of us desire to grow and not become stagnant um, in our walk with him. So this really follows on about our responsibility. The truth is that if you are born again and Jesus lives in you, you have a relationship with God, then the fruit of the Spirit is yours. And it may only be in seed form because you're not seeing the evidence of some of that fruit in your life, but it is in there because he's planted it in you. It just needs to be fed so that it grows, so that you produce that fruit. And as that fruit grows, there's more that we can do to continue in our growing in the Lord, maturing in him. And this is um, 2 Peter Chapter 1, verse 5. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours, and they are yours, because you have Jesus. That means all the resources of heaven are available to you. That means who he is is yours because he lives in you. Um, so if all of these are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that goes back again into not being barren because we are planted trees of righteousness. Our roots should be going deep. We should be drinking and feeding off the word of God and off his presence. How do we get his presence? Well, his presence is actually with us all the time. We just don't always feel it. Um, but his presence comes through the word of God, through worship, through prayer, through spending time and building a relationship with him. And he so desires to meet with us far more than we desire to meet with him. And if you ask him, is there instantly? As the word says, he never leaves you nor forsakes you. He is with you, even on your bad days. Um, Verse 9 says, if he, lacks, he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. It's like even the fruit are tools for success. It's like everything he provides for us helps us to live this godly life that from the world's perspective seems impossible. It's too hard. But actually in Christ it is easy. When we cling to him, it is easy. That's 
our emotions might say something else, but in clinging to the truth of God's word, we can overcome the lie of the world and the experiences that we face. Um, Times all right. So Romans five. And verse 3. So a lot of this is just re-emphasizing what we're going, to, uh, going through because it, this is part of renewing our minds and meditating on the word of God. So Romans 5 verse 3. Um, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So here again, this is scriptural proof that trials, this is actually really hard for my flesh to say, that trials are not something to get depressed about. It's not something to be, oh, woe is me, life is awful, it's always me, everything keeps going wrong. It's not, it, it's, that's not what it's about. Life is difficult for a number of reasons. Life is difficult because we live in a broken world. It's broken and it's dying. Life is difficult because we have an enemy who wants us to trip and stumble and not be prosperous in the things of God and not be true to him. He wants us to turn away from the truth. Life is difficult because in the circumstances of a broken world, things just go wrong and that is life. But we shouldn't be focusing on, as I said, this is hard for my flesh because I can be a bit, oh, this is so not fair, woe is me. But actually, every challenge that we face is, is that opportunity for a miracle. Every challenge and every trial and every tribula tribulation. Do you know what as well? It's just come into my mind that sometimes, I've named all these things, but sometimes the trials are a consequence of our own decisions and actions. And sometimes it's really easy to blame the devil, to blame that person, to blame this thing that happened, but actually... Sometimes we shy away from taking responsibility from a wrong choice that we've made. And so there is also a place for repentance, for God to wipe that slate clean and to have that fresh start with the Lord. Um, I've just put that out there. Uh, yeah, so it's the opportunity as well for that fruit to be produced in our life. So as again, as we apply the word of God, that we make a deliberate choice to recognize that his truth is the truth and our circumstances do not dictate who we are or how we respond but actually we cling to him then we would expect to see the our character becoming more like Jesus as that fruit is is grown and developed in our life believe it or not we are getting near we're coming home soon Romans 5 have I just done that? I've just done that one. So 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, verse 15. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all. Rejoice always, 
pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Um, and I'm just going to read the next line as well. Do not quench the spirit. So verse 15, no one renders evil for evil to anyone. So this is, to me, this is also talking about our response in difficult situations. Um, when we get angry with someone, when someone offends us, um, when someone irritates us. I think a really easy example is something like road rage. How do you respond if someone cuts you up? It might be as simple as that. What, what comes out of your mouth? What is your heart attitude? Um, but it doesn't matter what the situation, we are called not to render evil for evil. So when that bad situation or circumstance happen, our response is really important and that we respond God's way in a way of righteousness and holiness and life, no matter what is presented to us, that we, the word here says that we are to rejoice always, that's in all circumstances, no matter what we are facing, we are to pray without ceasing and in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. How much easier is it to give thanks when things are going well? to really mean it. Thank you, Lord. It's like this morning, I, I looked out and I'm like, oh, it's not raining. It's not stormy winds. Praise the Lord. The, the, you know, the sky is blue. The sun is shining. It's so easy to praise God and give thanks when that's what our circumstance looks like. But when it's like yesterday or there's some poor person has a tree blown over the roof of their house and ended up with a head injury, I'm like, oh my life, how much harder it is in that type of circumstances to give thanks and yet we are told to pray without ceasing, rejoice always, pray without ceasing in everything, give thanks. Yeah, brilliant. Okay. So I didn't put this in the scriptures, but as we were worshipping, I just was reminded of the passage that talks about what are you building your life on? Are you the wise or the foolish man? Are you the wise man that builds your house upon the rock of Jesus, the rock of his, the truth of his word? Or are you the foolish man that is building your house and your life on the things of the world and the thinking of the world? Again, it's just something to put that out, out there. If you feel convicted that maybe there's areas of your life that actually feel like they're being built on the sands, then today is a great opportunity for you just to put that right with the Lord and say, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to behave like that anymore. I'm not going to respond like that anymore. And I can actually choose, make that choice today. No, I know who I belong to. So I will build my life upon the rock of Jesus. Um, yeah, so... So there's many different people in this room today. We're all at different stages in our journey with the Lord. Some of you may know the Lord. There might even be someone in here that feels like they don't know God. Um, some of you will be feeling close to the Lord this morning and some of you will be feeling far from him. And the words I have for all of us today is that today is the day of salvation. So that is an obvious thing. You know, today is the, the day of salvation. If you don't know Jesus, you can get to know him today. The choice is yours. But even if you do know Jesus, that today can be the day of salvation for you in specific circumstances and trials. 
Today he is your saviour just as much as he was your saviour the day you chose to follow him. If you know him, choose to draw closer. And actually, even if life is really good right now and you, it's easy to thank the Lord, don't stay there. Just think, praise God, there's more. I'm running closer. And if you're finding it really tough, don't shy away from God. Don't harden your heart. Keep your heart soft and choose to draw near to him. If you don't know him today, you can choose to draw near to God and take a step closer to getting to know him. And you can choose to step into life in all its fullness and experience freedom in Christ Jesus. So the very last passage we're just going to quickly read is from Deuteronomy. And this is really for every single one of us. There's not one person in the room that this passage does not apply to. So if you think that nothing's applied to you so far this morning, I challenge you that this is the one for you. So have your heart open to receive a challenge from the Lord, a choice from God. It's, this is personal because our God is a personal God. It's Deuteronomy 30 and it's verse 11. For this commandment which I command you today, here we go, it's a commandment, it's not a suggestion, you can take it or leave it. It is not too mysterious for you. And even if the words have been a bit, I don't know, complicated, I'm reading from the New King James Version. Um, because of the Spirit of God is in this room and at work, I challenge you that actually his word to you is not so mysterious or too far off. It is not in heaven that you should say who will ascend into heaven for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it. Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it. Please notice there's a lot of hearing that goes with doing, not just hearing. But the word is very near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that you may do it. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil, in that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and keep his commandments, his statutes, his judgments, that you may live and multiply or produce fruit. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. If your heart turns away so that you do not hear, in other words, do not harden your heart, and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, or drawn away by the cares of the world, by the lie of the enemy, or the wrong voices that are around us, this is harsh. I announce today to you that you shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over. And the reason for that is, it's because not because God doesn't love you and want to give you a blessing, but actually he's a holy God. He is a righteous God. And you need to walk on that narrow path of righteousness and holiness in relationship with him. Remember, it's not nothing you can do of yourself. It's actually about remaining in the vine. If you choose not to remain in the vine, you step out of that blessing by choice. And by choice, there are consequences that actually God doesn't want for you. 
What he wants is for you to remain in him. And if you've never remained in him and you don't know him, he wants you to step into him and step into his truth so that he can give you all this abundant joy and life. Verse 19, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, and this is for every one of us, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life, that both you and your descendants may live. And that is not living as the world lives. That is abundant living in him. That you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him. For he is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which he swore to you. Okay, so we're just going to draw back into him for a few minutes in, in worship. And I just want you, if you can just stand to your feet, and I just ask you again, don't resist him. Soften your hearts, don't harden your hearts, and just choose to draw near to him. So we just stay in that place right now. Who are you choosing to put your trust in? Who are you choosing to depend upon in the trials of life, in the difficulties you face? And Jesus is that firm foundation. Jesus is the only firm foundation upon which to build your life. Nothing else will last or stand the test of time. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Um, and the Lord has given me a word for us from Isaiah 43. And it says, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. He is your Saviour. Today he is your Saviour. No matter where you are with him today, no matter you feel close to him or far from him, today he is your Saviour. And you can choose right now to say yes today to him. If you just quietly, just before his throne of grace, you can say yes to Jesus today. And just in your own words, yes, Lord, I choose life. I choose you. I choose your truth. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord God. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If, if you feel like you have been far from the Lord and it's a yes to salvation today because you're coming back to him, it's yes to him today because you want to return to the stronghold of God, then come and, and see any of the leaders and, and we can pray with you and stand with you. We'll be around at the end. And if, if any of you have said yes to Jesus for the first time, be brave 
again and come and find one of us and we will stand with you and help you begin that journey. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord God, we just thank you for the truth of your words. We thank you, Lord God, that your heart for us is that we would produce fruit and prosper in your kingdom. Lord, so we give you the glory, Lord, that no matter what trial may come, that fruit will be produced in us as we surrender to you, as we we choose to apply your truth to our life and stand upon the rock of our salvation. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com. 